Gertrude Sanford Legendre is the subject of this interview. Gertrude was a socialite, a big game hunter, and was she an American spy? This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. We welcome Catherine Smith. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. Glad to be here. Catherine Smith is a journalist, author, and historian from South Carolina. Her book is titled Gertie, The Fabulous Life of Gertrude Sanford Legendre, Heiress, Explorer, Socialite, Spy. Gertie's published by Evening Post Books, retails at $29.95. It's available on Amazon. I'm told you're fascinated by women who were ahead of their times. How does Gertie fit into that? Um, well, let me first correct her pronunciation of her last name, and I pronounced it just like you did for the first year I was researching the book, and then I heard it pronounced correctly as Lejeune. Um, and Gertie was just, uh, her, her longtime secretary described her to me as a woman who was a feminist before anyone knew what that was. Mm-hmm. And she just did things that women didn't do. Um, I think the, the first big one was leading scientific expeditions into to jungles and deserts and all that. It just didn't occur to her that she shouldn't be able to do the same thing the men did. And really, um, well into her 50s, she was she would go on these expeditions and would be the only woman in the company. So um, she had a lot of money. Uh, she was used to getting her own way. And if she got in her head she wanted to do something, <laughs> by gum, she was going to do it. <laughs> I guess. Now, I'm, I'm familiar with the connection between uh, Gertie Ellen Sanford Lejeune and my hometown of Amsterdam, New York. We'd like to mm-hmm. start with that. She wasn't even born in Amsterdam, although... The mm-hmm. Amsterdam Sanfords obviously came from Amsterdam. Where was she born? Well, I think she was born uh, almost by accident in Aiken, South Carolina, because uh, because of the Sanfords' horse interest. They came to Aiken every winter, and it was uh, it was what was called the Winter Colony, and it was a lot of wealthy Northerners who had horses, or else they just enjoyed um, the sporting life, and they came down for a few months and played golf and tennis and went riding and you know falling off horses and breaking their necks while fox hunting and that kind of thing. Okay. But she did spend some uh, time growing up in uh, Amsterdam, South Carolina, New York City, elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all those places. Their family just kind of drifted a a bit. Um, Now, her grandfather had a home in Amsterdam. That was Stephen Sanford. So the family would live with him part of the year. Uh, They had a small home in New York City, and later they... Her father bought a mansion there. Um, they would go to Bar Harbor or Newport in the summer. They went to Europe a lot. Um, so just really the first time they had a, a really definitely base um, was when Mr. Sanford bought a, a home um, near Central Park. Uh, hmm. Nice little place. Belongs to the Emir of Qatar today. Right. <laughs> so it was quite the, quite the mansion, really. Quite the mansion, yeah. Well, from, from for our upstate New York sensibilities, they lived in what we, we think of as a mansion, uh, both Stephen Sanford and then his son John, who was Gertrude, mm-hmm. Gertrude's father, father. which mm-hmm. uh, built a building they ultimately gave to the city when they kind of decided they were not going to stay in Amsterdam much anymore. Right, and it's your city hall today, correct? correct? It's the city yeah. hall. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I think that when Stephen Sanford died, John felt that it was time to 
to move on to New York where everything was happening. And if you were anybody, that's where you were supposed to live. And his wife, who was um, born and raised in Europe, her father was a, a diplomat, American diplomat in Europe, really liked the, um, the culture that New York offered. She loved the opera. She loved theater. She wanted. Uh, she brought Arthur Rubinstein in to do a private concert for her guests. That kind of thing. So she really reveled in being a, a in a big city uh, mm. for a change and raised her children to have an appreciation for the arts. And they were both named Sanford. I mean, her maiden name was Sanford, right? She was. Yeah, their um, their grandfathers were brothers. So she was a cousin. And I've um, my conclusion, which I have heard from the the people in Sanford, Florida, where John and and, uh, Ethel Sanford were married, was that she was sort of, it was sort of an arranged marriage. Um, Her father had gone bankrupt, and they were debt collectors after her, her widowed mother from Europe, so they came to Florida, where he had a house and had tried to start orange groves, and Mr. Sanford, John Sanford, was quite a bit older. I think her mother was 19. He was 41. He wanted to get married and have have heirs. So they sort of arranged the marriage, and it was not a a very successful match. But they did have three children. Mm. Right. And um, she was... Uh, the young uh, youngest, wasn't she? The youngest of the three. I think he looked over the three daughters and picked her. <laughs> yeah, kind of sad, but... Um, that's that's how she got they you know at least addressed financial problems and he helped helped her mother out um, with uh, her living expenses. And um, so John and Ethel get married. They're both they're both Sanfords, and they mm-hmm. have th- these three uh, children. Another mm-hmm. Stephen, although he's called mm-hmm. Laddie, and Laddie. and mm-hmm. married uh, Jane, I believe, like mm-hmm. her, her, her mother, uh, and then uh, a Gertrude. Uh, yeah. I, I love the pictures in uh, your your book. In that, aren't they cute? <laughs> they are. I mean, they're very pretty. Or something. I I've seen a lot of because of his role in the development of Amsterdam, New York. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of pictures of Stephen Sanford, but I'm looking mm-hmm. at your pictures that occurred to me. I'd never seen his shoes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and one of your pictures, there, little sailor outfits and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the old Stephen Sanford. Oh, the old, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you, you see, it's I don't know, he, and he didn't look like he was very tall. I don't really know if that was true. Yeah, or not. it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. The um, the the archive at the College of Charleston, um, in Charleston, South Carolina, where the um, where the pictures came from is just extensive. Gertie, um, I think, had, had pretty much gotten all of the family's papers and pictures and all that, and uh, it's just it's just amazing the the number of pictures and papers and diaries and scrapbooks. And it was just a, a gold mine, but it was very hard to pick the pictures to use for the book. Yeah, and um, maybe just a couple of thoughts on her siblings. Laddie, mm-hmm. or Stephen, he married an actress named Mary Duncan, and, mm-hmm. and they lived in Florida most of, the, mm-hmm. most of the time. Palm Beach, yeah. Although I point out they're buried in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. Sarah Jane is uh, the, is buried in Amsterdam also. Yeah, but Gertie wanted, um, her, her heart was in South Carolina, where 
she lived most of her life, and she was cremated, and that's where her, her ashes are, were mm. spread at Medway, her plantation. Maybe I should bring this up later when we're into World War II, but Janie married a, a diplomat in Mussolini's government, right, Mario mm-hmm. Panza? Mario Panza, yeah, married sort of late in life. I think she was 37 and lived in Italy for during the war. And from what I can tell, she was really never affected by the war. She was still going to the hairdresser twice a week, and, you know, he was still playing polo. So um, after the war, she was able to immigrate to the United States and was waiting for him to join her, and he died in a mysterious drowning accident in the ocean. Yeah, you know, what do you think and, of that? I mean, you say it's I, mysterious. Yeah, I you know, there just wasn't much much about it, uh, really, and I, I couldn't follow that thread too much because I had to really concentrate on, on Gertie, but that was sort of a weird thing, and also strange that, um, you know, here she has a, a sister who's basically uh, married to a enemy combatant. I know, married she to was a able fascist. To go work, right? Yeah, and she was ready to, she was allowed to work for the OSS, so. Yeah. I don't know. You pull a lot of strings. Maybe that was good for working for the OSS. Maybe so. Maybe so. And I think they did stay in touch by letter during the war. Hmm. She and Janie were not particularly close. Now, another aspect of this story, by the way, Catherine Smith is with us. She's author of Gertie, The Fabulous Life of Gertrude Sanford Lejeune. And um, there was a play and a movie that mm-hmm. supposedly was based on the Sanford family, played by Philip Berry, a uh, mm-hmm. 1929 Broadway play. And it was a movie in 30 and 38, and 38 movie was big deal with uh, Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. Uh, yeah. And that that was so, right? I mean, this they ba- based the Barry based the movie on them? He based the characters on the three of them, um, not exactly, you know, it was it was fictionalized, but interestingly, the Catherine Hepburn character, who's, who was inspired by Gertie, is the oldest of the siblings, whereas Gertie was the youngest, but she's the, the free-thinking, um, adventurous daughter. And um, the one who's based on Janie is very conventional, and the one based on Laddie is just sort of a weak alcoholic who's um, under his father's thumb. And Laddie was um, described as the apple of his father's eye, but um, I don't and don't think of him at all as a, a weak alcoholic type. He was a, a star polo player and, you know, just a real big name. Um, yes, he was, but I think he was a lot of trouble. Oh, he was a, yeah, he was a scoundrel. He and Mary had an understanding that whenever she caught him cheating on her, he had to give her a nice piece of jewelry and as a result she just had a fabulous jewelry (laughs) collection you're speaking speaking of his wife mary duncan yeah mary duncan yeah but they were um it's interesting that uh, none of the other siblings had any children gertie had two daughters and that's the only way the sanford um name continued but the line ended with with uh laddie Laddie. Yeah. yeah well and i remember that um of course, he and his sisters, after the death of their father, John, they ran the the stud farm, the horse farm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he had some connection still to Amsterdam and come up. And I right. saw some kind of, I don't know what you'd say, sad clippings when the Sanford Carpet Company, which by then was Bigelow Sanford, they'd been bought out mm-hmm. by Bigelow Hartford of uh, New England, 
uh, but mm. he was still a major stockholder. Uh, mm-hmm. And they just moved out of Amsterdam, lock, stock, and barrel, in mm-hmm. uh, 1955. And I think the governor of New York, and I'm having, I think it was Governor Lehman, but I'm not sure, or I can't remember exactly, you know, uh, said, you know, got a hold of Laddie Sanford, said, can you do anything for us? And he basically said, no, no, nothing to do here. (laughs) So, (laughs) Yeah, um, they were pretty ruthless. The, um, The merger with Bigelow occurred on the day the stock market crashed in 1929, and mm-hmm. it was a, a very advantageous merger for for the for John Sanford. Um, and he did he made no provision for any of uh, maybe only two or three of his executives. He said, "Well, I've paid them well all these years. They should have saved their money. <laughs> Just cut them loose." And here we go. The stock market crashes that day, um, but he he was very ruthless and. You well, know, um, I've always thought, and maybe you looked into this, that just because they called it Bigelow Sanford, that Bigelow mm-hmm. was the dominant partner. Mm-hmm. He, Mr. Sanford remained chairman of the board until his death, so I don't know. Um, I thought they okay. were sort of equal in equal, size. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but, but again, because the choice that was made in 1955 was whether to stay in Amsterdam— and bring mm-hmm. the Thompsonville, Connecticut factory over there, or mm-hmm. to stay in Thompsonville and bring the Amsterdam factory to Thompsonville, which is what yeah. they did. But, of course, neither place really made out, because eventually they all left the, the north. Did they go to Georgia? Yeah. Did they go south? Yeah. yeah. Dalton, Georgia is a big carpet center, and then, of course, a lot of those jobs have gone overseas. Yep, they have. Yeah, yeah, um, well, that, yeah. well, I know maybe more about the Amsterdam's other carpet company, not the Sanfords. The Shuttleworth family mm-hmm. had founded Mohawk Carpet, and yeah. uh, they've gone down to Georgia. In fact, I think Mohawk now owns all the brands. Mohawk puts hmm. out Bigelow, Sanford, huh. and wh- wherever it is they... Oh, okay. I did not realize. I and, I, and I had never made the connection between Mohawk and the Mohawk, Mohawk River Valley. But um, because my publisher is um, in Charleston and, it, and our theme is our accent is Southern, um, and because Gertie spent most of her life in the South, that's where my emphasis was, was on um, the stuff in the South. But uh, in, I did, you know, write about the, her beginnings in New York, too. In fact, your publisher of Gertie is this uh, company headed, I think, now, or one of the big shots there is a fellow named Pierre Manigo, who's mm-hmm. a descendant of the Sanfords. Or... He is, he is um, Gertie's youngest grandson. And his uh, his father's family, the Manigos, were uh, have published this newspaper and media company for several uh, many generations. And he's the chairman of the board of Evening Post Industries. And um, I worked with him when I just had the idea for writing the book, and didn't even know he had a publishing a book publishing arm. And um, I could come to a dead end. My first book was published by Simon and Schuster, and they they passed on Gertie. And um, he he said, "Well, do you know we have a book publishing company, and would you be interested in publishing with us?" So I was delighted. It uh, they were. It's, it's, I'm very pleased with the book and and. Uh, the way it turned out, and Did, all the connections that I was able to make through it with Pierre's help. Yeah. Uh, and I know that Pierre Manigo has uh, been a benefactor of the, some of the remaining kind of Sanford 
charities mm-hmm. up in upstate mm-hmm. New York. The mm-hmm. um, Mary Jane Sanford Home, named after the original Stephen's mother. It's a, a home for elderly women. And also mm-hmm. this uh, Friends of the Sanford Stud Farm that are slowly but surely uh, saving w- what buildings remain and doing activities uh, having yeah, to do with yeah. this Sanford's yeah, and horse he very racing. Much, he feels very much. Um, passionate about caring, you know, on the family duties. Yeah, but but I, I feel I have to ask you that he didn't put any pressure on you in writing this book to write a nice book. Not a bit, not a bit. And, uh, and I, and I really respect that, you know, he's, he's a newspaper publisher, so he's a, a journalist and, um, he and his siblings, um, all read the advanced copy and they made corrections, but they're not, none of them came in and said, well, I don't like the way Gertie is portrayed here. And what's been interesting to me that um, a, quite a number of people who have read the book have said she had a fascinating life. I enjoyed reading the book, but I don't like her at all. <laughs> so I think, and then, then, um, but, but people who, uh, so I think I got a very accurate portrayal. She was a very complicated woman. Mm-hmm. And probably the most controversial thing was that she just wasn't much of a mother. Yeah. Um, she was like a lot of people in her social class. She wasn't going to let children get in the way of her having a, a good time. And she farmed out raising her daughters to nannies and uh, boarding schools and they resented it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We're, we're talking, we're talking with Catherine Smith, author of Gertie, the fabulous life of Gertrude Sanford Lejeune, heiress, explorer, socialite, spy. Uh, back in uh, in just a moment, want to put in a word for the Historians Podcast GoFundMe campaign, which is underway for 2020. You can uh, find a direct link uh, to our GoFundMe page on our main website, which is bobcudmore.com, and they'll walk you through how you can make a donation. Or... You can uh, write out a check to me, Bob Cudmore, and send it to 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. And thank you very much. Journalist uh, Catherine Smith with us, who's written a book about uh, that's titled Gertie, The Fabulous Life of Gertrude Sanford Lejean, uh, Heiress, Explorer, Socialite, Spy, Maybe I've been dragging you into discussing the other Sanfords. Let's let's talk Gertie here. Uh, when <laughs> when she's a little girl, really, when her grandfather dies, uh, that her father inherits all this money, and I get the impression from you that they, they um, oh, I don't know, they, they didn't fritter it away, but it was a lot of a tremendous amount of money that in those mm-hmm. days. I think it was thirty eight million dollars, but. Uh, they didn't really grow the fortune much. No. Um, you know, Pierre likes to joke about um, richest to rags and th- three generations. Uh, <laughs> so, right. um, but, yeah, um, I mean, she left quite a bit of money to her daughters that were in, in family trust. But um, Gertie and her husband, Sidney, lived in at Bedway Plantation in South Carolina. It's outside Charleston. And they tried to make Medway a working plantation, um, eventually went into timber, which was the most successful venture there. But it really was just kind of to cover the operating expenses of of Mm -hmm. Medway. And I don't even know if it it was successful in doing that. And they were both um, beautiful people, it seemed to me. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, especially Sydney. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You saw. I've got a, a full 
page of Sydney in a bathing suit on page 42 in the book. Right. And he was just an Adonis and very, very smart and very witty. He wrote um, books about their expeditions and I read his uh, his plantation diary, very self-deprecating sense of humor. I would just be laughing out loud reading mm-hmm. his writing. And, and they met when he was uh, what head of a uh, expedition or something in Africa. No, they no? met in England when they were both there doing horse stuff. He, his brother Morris, was a Rhodes scholar. They both graduated from Princeton, and he had come over to England to keep Morris company. And um, the Sanfords were there for the summer doing horse stuff, and that's where she met him. Then she went over to the French Riviera um, to the home of um, Sarah and Gerald Murphy. That was the couple who were friends with the Picasso and the Hemingways and the Fitzgeralds and all that. And they were having, she and Janie were having such a good time, they sent word to the Lejean brothers to come and join them. So they came over and spent the summer there and... Then she went on an expedition. She led an expedition for the American Museum of Natural History and invited Morrison Sydney to go with her. And when she came back, she not only had a bunch of animal specimens, she had a fiancé in mm. Sydney. And as you have said, that uh, Sydney and Gertie, they collected specimens for really top-rate museums, right? Oh, yeah. If you go to the American Museum of Natural History today and go into the Hall of African Mammals, which is the one that has this huge centerpiece of, of, of an elephant family, um, there is a, 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 a diorama, whatever you call it, um, showcase with a family of what are called um, Nyala, which are uh, antelopes with lyre-shaped horns, and this is, and then, and then there's a big brass plate on the bottom that says the the Sanford Lejean expedition. These were the animals that she brought back from mm-hmm. that first safari. Um, but she um, collected for that museum, for um, a museum in Philadelphia. She went on expeditions for National Geographic and. They were collecting big animals, but also a naturalist would come along and would collect birds and insects and um, rodents and all that. And that's what we don't really think about with a natural history museum. It's not just what you see on display. It's what Mm -hmm. it's got in its um, research areas, just just millions of of specimens that all are going towards furthering scientific knowledge. So she liked to hunt. She was a very good hunter, but she really liked to have a... Uh, a purpose. She didn't want to just go out shooting. She wanted Mm -hmm. to be furthering um, science. Well, let me ask you about about mm -hmm. World War II, because the Mm -hmm. time's getting away from us here. Both of them served in, uh, I mean, uh, Sid... Sydney, um, I'm sorry, was that his name, Sydney? Sydney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he, was, he in, was in the Navy. He was in the Navy, and Gertie went to work for the Office of Strategic Services. Mm-hmm. It was the first spy agency the United States had, and she worked in a clerical position in Washington and then got sent to London, and she was there during the Baby Blitz, the second um, German bombing of London in 1944, and she got the opportunity to go over to Paris after the Nazis were driven out. And just um, she had a few days of leave, and just on a lark, she and a friend took a uh, a car, a Peugeot, up to try to, you know, hear some shooting. And they and two others were ambushed and captured by the Germans. And she spent six months as a POW. Um, during the last months of the war. So it's a really fascinating look behind the enemy lines of what was going on as Germany was losing the war. How did she escape? 
she escaped on a hit on a train and escaped over the Swiss border in March 1945. So uh, the others weren't so lucky. Two of them died in uh, Allied bombings of their prison camp, and the other um, he survived the war, but he he was uh, was really sick and uh, starving by the time he got out. She was treated much better. And I've always heard tell that when she got into Switzerland. She met up with one of the Dulleses. Alan Dulles, yeah, she was debriefed in his apartment. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, so I, I mean, mean, the thing that's amazing is she just knew everybody. Yeah, I mean, do you think she was actually a spy at the end, or was it? it... She was not an active field agent, but she she spent her time behind the scenes, asking people lots of questions, taking notes. She had a photographic memory of the things she was seeing, and she didn't know how long the war would end or when she'd be exchanged, so she was gathering intelligence for when her mm-hmm. release came. And she, you know, did debrief, was debriefed by Dulles and also um, with, with um, Jennings, um, um, Donovan, I'm sorry, Wild Bill Donovan, oh, the head of the Bill OSS Donovan, right. himself, yeah. yeah. Um, and he asked for detailed reports and but of course by the time she got out it was germany was just at the on its knees so now we have to go into high much. gear after the war uh sydney dies right yeah. uh, he had a heart attack right yeah. yeah yeah very very tragic and she you know it was, she was only 43 at the end of the war and she lived to be almost 98 mm-hmm. and really the adventures never stopped for this lady she went to morocco when she was 96 mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she married somebody after Sydney, but it didn't last yeah, very long. Yeah, not a happy marriage. Yeah, he was a drug addict. Yeah, mm. so yeah, so she spent her last years um, uh, single. But um, as everyone I met told me, Gertie always liked the company of men, I and see. she admitted that too. Too, if there was an interesting man in the room, she wanted to be talking to him. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, quite a gal. And she stayed at that um, Medway, that plantation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, a historic plantation. Its foundations date to colonial times, and she and Sydney <clears throat> sort of reclaimed it. It was in derelict condition when they bought it, and uh, it's a beautiful place. It's still used as a residence today. It's not in the um, family's hands any longer. And 7,000 acres of uh, pristine land around it, it's all in conservation easements, so it's protected. That was very important to Gertie, that Medway be saved. And she was very active in the conservation movement in the last decades of her life. Hmm. So what do you make of her life? Was it a life well-lived? I think it was. Um, I, you know, I, I admire her adventurism very much. I mean, I am, I'm the kind of person that I consider it an adventure if I leave home without my GPS. <laughs> I can't imagine doing the things that Gertie did. Um, but, boy, it's just so much fun to read about them. And um, I, I don't think she had any regrets about her life except um, the the family um, disharmony at the end, which she certainly contributed to. But, you know, you make your bed, you lie in it. Mm. And w- at the end of her life, was she running out of money or the money was holding no. out? The money was holding out um, because of, I think, the way family trusts were structured. Um, the inheritance went to her two daughters. So um, one of them said she would keep up Medway and, you know, 
use it as Gertie had wanted, but after a few years, she just changed her mind, and that's when it went on the market. Was she uh, like racing, like her brother did, like Landy did, or horse racing? Gertie, um, she was interested in horses. In fact, she rode um, into her 80s at Medway. There's still horses on the um, on the plantation there. Um, so, yeah, she had an interest in it, but not not certainly not to the extent that, that he did. She kind of got, you know, it was always about Laddie with the with the with father, horses. and that that got kind of tiresome, you know. Laddie was all, okay. Laddie could do no wrong. <laughs> yep. Catherine Smith is a journalist, author, and historian from South Carolina. Her book is titled Gertie, The Fabulous Life of Gertrude Sanford Lejeune, Heiress, Explorer, Socialite, Spy. You've been listening to The Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore.